episode been a long time in the making i remember like i well, i think we talked about it like last semester we did yeah so and then life started like thing bro i feel like at howard bro it'd be so hard to, to kind of stay focused sometimes it, bro. it's very hard very easy to get distracted like I, f- I feel like there are so many times this year where like i wanted to really lock in mm-hmm. but like i just couldn't because there's so much going on stuff happening fast. And, and it's not like a bad thing bro it's not it's not because like there are so many um just there's cool things around campus like right. a lot of times a lot of opportunities to like meet people mm-hmm. and stuff like that just um which i mean is if you're really trying to lock in and stay focused which, which isn't it's not always the best thing but like a place like howard i feel like this experience you can't like recreate bro. you can't so you gotta make the most of it right here like um i think that just my experience here has been unmatched bro and like literally i, I can't even explain what this experience has meant to me and it makes me want to ask you like what does it feel like to be a Howard University alum? Um, it feels surreal at this point. Like I keep telling my family, I'm like, I don't think it's hit me yet. I don't know if it's gonna hit me till like it's like August, and I'm like, okay, I gotta go to work, not go to school. Um, but I feel like it means a lot. Um, it definitely comes with a responsibility. I feel like even being a Howard student um, comes with a responsibility. But I feel like now more than ever, it's like our role and responsibility to go out and use what we've learned, like what we've picked up from the experiences we've been through, things we taught, classes, etc. To like change the world like it sounds crazy but we're in a position to do so and we're equipped the tools we needed to do it bro that's the real so, yeah. stuff bro like i think that me being at howard has made me want to advance no, for real. the community even more than if i would have went to like a pwi or something like no, that facts. i feel like being here has just made me more aware of my race and no, like definitely. just and being a role. servant of my community right. facts. you know i think that's um I was trying to explain to, to somebody the other day, like, mm-hmm. what going to a school like Howard has meant to me, and it's like, I can't always put it into precise yeah, words, words no, bro. you can't. Like, I feel like this experience is something that I can't put into into yeah. a tangible experience, the tangible words, bro. I just can't do it, bro. And something that stood out to me was, like, before I came to Howard, like, older alumni told me, they're like, Howard is a gift that keeps on giving. And I don't feel like that really, like, resonated with me until now. Because like we think we've experienced Howard for what it is, but it's like a whole another chapter now that we finished to like experience and see what we can take from the university. Bro, that's so real, bro. Like, and it makes me think that I don't. You you said earlier like being an alum hasn't hit you yet, bro. Because mm-hmm. to be honest, it doesn't hit me. Either. Like it's just summer break. We just we just like, bro, yeah. I'm still staying in the same apartment right. that I've I'm been in, DC, in the last few facts, years. Like facts, I'm in DC. Like I'm still seeing yeah. the same people. I'm still talking to the same everybody's friends. Here. Like everybody's here. So I really feel like. When I move out of here, yeah, in a few months, I'm dreading packing my apartment, bro. Bro, I, I feel like I might cry, bro. I'm not. I gonna probably will too, because I feel like your dorm is like okay. Obviously, this is for the time being, but like I've been in my apartment. I feel like you said the same since the junior year when we didn't have a choice but to find somewhere to live. Yeah. And so I really feel like I've settled in versus just like living here. The amount of stuff I have at home is slim to none, so it's just like 
this is bro. this is home. Yeah, bro, this is literally home. Like everything I have in my room, bro. I took a lot of stuff from my crib mm -hmm. back in the West Coast. Yeah, right, bro. Moving, packing up all this stuff is gonna be really sad. Just from the standpoint, and not just my own personal space, but all mm -hmm. the memories that I've had Definitely. in this apartment, bro. Like yeah. all the friends that I've that I brought. Up brought conversations, everything. Like I can't even explain it, bro. And I think that just makes me really grateful for the housing. Yeah, Despite us, like you know, like all the housing issues and stuff like Facts. that, and not being able to. To live in a dorm junior year. And I will say, as bittersweet as it is, I feel like it's more sweet than bitter. Like, mm. we knew this had to come to an end, but if we think about what we've gained, like, we have a network of people. Like, I pride myself on the fact, I'll be talking to my friends at other schools, and I'm just like, I don't know if it's like a Howard thing or just college in general, but I kind of want to pride Howard on it because of how diverse it is. But I feel like we're in a space now where you can literally travel anywhere and have somebody that you know or find somewhere to stay. And I just feel like that's the biggest flex. Like, that's one of my favorite things I'm most excited to like venture into is the network that I have now. Bro, it's and crazy. And connecting and growing with people. Like, you know somebody's going to be a lawyer, doctor, director, like the whole nine. Like, bro, all avenues of and life. I feel like that's when, it's, that's when it elevates the Howard experience. It's like, yo, we was in class together. Now we finna go in, go half on the business together. We partners. Bro, I said, yeah. um, one of my friends, he had like a little graduation dinner. He just graduated from uh, Georgetown MBA, uh, mm -hmm. Georgetown MBA program, man. His dad and his friends went to Howard, and he was talking about how, like, um, they went to school with Kamala Harris. Okay. And they was talking about that he, one of them was saying how he had a class with her. Wow. And he was trying to, um, he was trying to dinner her back on it. Right, good. And he, he was just describing um, what type of person that she was and everything. And it's just very interesting to see that, where the experience kind of takes you. Because right. in that moment, he didn't know that. He didn't know what she was going to do. He didn't know she was going to be the vice president, bro. Like you, you, you don't know that, and it's like I think that's um, that's it's the gift that keeps on giving from this standpoint. Yes. You, you, we think that when we hear we've seen all these ambitious people right, who really right, on that right. stuff, but just wait till they actually do it. Five years from now, ten years, ten, twenty, like thirty, like, it's gonna be people in our class who look who gonna be who gonna have Wikipedia pages and they gonna be like, okay, like I think that's it's right. um. It's it's crazy, bro. I'm just very grateful to have it. I am too. I feel like grateful is the perfect word. And that just, like, speaks to why I feel it's really important to watch how you move around here. Just be intentional about everything you do because you don't know who's going to be who, who's going to be in a position to help you, or who's going to know who. So it's really just important to be intentional about what you do when you're in this space. Most definitely, bro. Like, a, a question for you. Like, you, you being from Atlanta, there are a lot of Howard people from that. The Atlanta right. area here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I said Atlanta area. Yeah, yeah, Atlanta yeah, area. You say here, you say here. Because you know, you know, some people be from. It's the same thing with like L.A., Chicago, New York. The same thing, Atlanta. You being from Atlanta, how do you think that's affected your experience? So to speak. Um, that's a good question. Has it affected you at all? No, it definitely has. I would say affected by me, like it's guidance wise. Um, I feel like the way I was raised was to, if people show up for you, you show up for them. Like, if this person helped you out, put on for, they put on for you, you do the same. So, I was really impacted by the Howard University Alumni Club of Atlanta. Mm. Throughout my high school experience, I was, like, in the mentoring program. I went on their bus trip, and they really just, like, poured life into me. So, I was like, when I get here, I'm going to represent. And I feel like I kept that in the back of my head at the end of the day. And with everything I did, I was always had the notion that it was bigger than me. It's like, yes, I'm here for myself. I got little cousins at home. I got a little sister. It's people watching me. It's people I don't know watching me that are watching me. So it's always just like, show out. Like, do your big one. Do your big one. You got to. Bro, that's so, that's crazy you say that. You said the Howard University Atlanta Alumni Association. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I don't know if this is the Alumni Association, but there's like a, a, an Atlanta group 
that, that was mm-hmm. visiting around Howard. Um, Recently, like in this spring? Yeah. Yeah, they came. That was a bus trip. Bro. So I got to host on that. That was like full circle. Yo, that's crazy because I was in a Dr. Carr's hip hop class. And, and they went. Yeah, and and they, they went. Yeah, yeah, they were sitting in our class. Right. Yeah. And um, me thinking about, like, me seeing them, I was like, damn, these kids are smart. Right. Like, some of them was, was really smart, like, way smarter than I was when I was that's that real. age. And some of the things they were saying, it, it definitely made me hopeful for, yeah. uh, for the future generation and just the fact that they that they're looking at a school like Howard. Definitely hopeful. And I feel like it's moments like that that really speak to the whole idea of divine timing and being supposed to be. Because, for example, my host, his name was David, and this is my first time meeting him. So I started, like, posting that I graduated my grad picks. And I, his birthday was, like, this past week, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And I kind of started doing a story. I was like, happy birthday, bro. Hope you enjoy it. He was like, oh, thanks. Congrats on graduation. I'm going to come to Howard and follow in your footsteps. And I'm like, this is what it's about. Like, granted, don't be me. Like, come make it your own. But that made me feel good because it's like I did something right and I'm somebody like a positive role model because everybody doesn't have that. Bro, no. Nah. It's like sometimes you can't be what you can't see. So to, like, be a positive example for people in my community, that means a lot. Like, it's really cool just to have people look up to you and want to follow in your footsteps because, right. like, you was doing the same thing with other people who came right. before Literally. you. Right, it's, it's a crazy feeling. And just seeing all those, all those young people, like, in there talking and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So there are there are definitely times where I feel like sometimes if people younger than us it kind of gives me like it makes me lose a little bit of hope. Yeah. But then but then seeing Moments them like that is like okay we in good hands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like right. we in good hands. Like we got real future leaders like, under us. So I think that's right. that's really cool to see and it makes me um it just I it makes me kind of wish that I kind of had something like that in the West Coast. I mm-hmm. feel like HBCU culture isn't as prominent right. in, in California specifically in the Bay Area. So it's Absolutely. like, um, what's happening all the time? We'd be like, what if Howard was in LA? The experience right. would just be so different. I can't even, I don't even know if it was or like an HBCU on the West Coast because it's not a thing, it's not a thing, bro. And I think that, um, me being from the West Coast, I feel like a lot of black people don't know about that culture like, mm-hmm. at all. We don't even really know, and a lot of us don't even know what HBCU is. I didn't really know what one was until like mm-hmm. high school. I knew what Howard was because right. of the name, I, but right. I didn't know it was right. an HBCU. Yeah, me either for real. I don't want to go to NYU for film. Wow. And I ended up at Howard for film. So it's just like, I came and I was like, no, I got to go here. Bro, that's dope, bro. Best decision like, I made. Bro, same. I, I was talking to my, to my homie about this yesterday. Like, I don't know what I would be no. if I didn't come to this school. Sometimes I'd be thinking, I'd be like, who would I be if I went to Morehouse? Like, what would my life look like? Bro. Like, it's just like, we would dead never know. You would never like, know. Like, dead never know. That's the ultimate never universe, know. bro. Ultimate mm-hmm. universe, like. Um, you being a, a film a film student at Howard, how do you think that, how has the film program kind of helped you in what you want to do in, uh, in the future? Um, funny enough, I really, like, I do want to do film, but my passions have segued because I feel like I consider myself to be a multi-happening creative, so I'm, like, all over the place in a sense, creative-wise, or basically I want to tap into different aspects of my creativity. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to film and the program, I feel like they did a really good job of challenging us to be intentional when it comes to our eye in filmmaking. Because for example, like you can have a script and you literally do the script verbatim, or it's like, I'm gonna show this piece of the script through imagery, dialogue here and hop back to the imagery versus like doing it A through Z. Does that make sense? So like trying to give us creative ways and different ways to think about telling the same story. Because for example, if I picked up a script and you picked up one, we're gonna create two different movies. Yeah. Like yes, it's the same storyline, but you may be like, oh, for this shot, I wanna shoot it this way. And for me, I'm like, okay, well, I wanna shoot it from outside the window. And it's like it's gonna portray different things, tugging people's emotions differently. So I feel like they challenge us to think outside the box um, and find ways to differentiate ourselves in an oversaturated space. 
Bro, that's really cool. Do you think that being at Howard, do you think that having this influence of the HBCU, would it has changed your kind of creative lens as opposed to going to PWI? 100%. Before I came to Howard, my aunt Tashawn, she always told me, she said, you don't go to college for the degree. You can get a degree for anywhere. You go to college for pedigree. So it's like we came to Howard for what comes with the holistic experience of Howard. It's like I could have gone to Georgia State, got a film degree. I could have went to USC, NYU, anywhere. But so I came to Howard for a reason. So to your point of shifting my perspective as it pertains to filmmaking coming from a black institution or a white school, I definitely feel like it pushed me and put a fire in me to want to highlight our people a different way or maybe not even just highlight our people a different way because I feel like that's said often, but tell the stories that needs to be told through an accurate lens. Does that make sense? Or yeah. Like, Saying, writing this and making sure that it resonates with the people it's supposed to touch. Because sometimes there is stuff created for us and it goes over our heads or it doesn't resonate with us because it's like you had our white counterpart making it and like interviewing people versus having people on both sides of the spectrum. So yeah. I feel like that's really what it challenged me to do is I have our people in all aspects of production. Bro, that's real. It makes me kind of think that like I... I'm by no means. I don't want to be a filmmaker, yeah. but I have had ideas. Oh, yeah, me, yeah. Media is so. Anybody can make a film, bro. Media, we got iPhones. Bro. Yeah. Hey, hey, that's real. I think that a media is so important to it how is. and to how people kind of come to certain ideas about a group of people. And I've thought about like black media uh, representation, and like I think that it will be a really dope idea to like get black people in like just like a regular show or film mm-hmm. about black people like in the nineteen. 19- 20s or 30s when they was like right. on Black Wall Street or like it's not depicted. it's not depicted bro and that's like that was a very golden era for yeah, it was for black people and I feel like what people fail to realize is yes we have books and books are extremely important like if you don't read a book there's some information you would probably never know yeah for sure. it's not on. but I feel that's like so much. media is a way that we can provide imagery that hasn't been seen before so think for example like what was it called um when they see us like, we all knew of this story and had depictions of it in our head, but Ava mm-hmm. DuVernay was like, no, I'm going to, like, bring this to life so you will never forget this. Like, I have imagery that I would have never had had I not seen that movie. So I feel like that's why black people, black directors, black artists, all that is so important in media right now, even with The Little Mermaid right now. Like, granted, it's not based on a true story. That's important. Like, there's a little girl somewhere It's like, oh, I loved it. Like, you don't know what that's going to do for them. Or even, like, us, Black Panther coming out right before we came to Howard. That was a big deal. Like, entire black cast, like, literally. So it's just, like, media does play a role and can shift a lot of things in the culture. It can shift a lot, bro. And I think that sometimes we we can't get a complete grasp of history because Mm -hmm. we can't see it. Right. It's in the past, and 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 by reading the book, you can only get so much of an accurate um, depiction in your head of what it looked like. So when it's converted into a a movie or a film, you know, it's like you can actually see – what these people were doing and then it makes it it makes it real for you it's like okay like this is what was actually happening and that's why i feel like i appreciate howard so much because just in like certain class like producing classes or conversations that i would have with other students in the program we would just talk about how yes we can have our own stuff for example like the jordan peels and the ava duvernay's the Issa rays it's like yes they have their own production companies but like when you think like warner bros lionsgate all of those those are white ran and it's like you may have like a it's an umbrella and you're like you fall under that umbrella but it's like we're still reporting to someone else. So it's like with the network that we have and the community we built at our HBCUs, it makes me confident about what the future has in store because it's like, one, we have social media now. Yep. It's not like access to people is no longer restricted. It's nothing to post something and it goes up overnight. Mm-hmm. So I feel like using each other and like building together is what's going to make the difference in the long run. Okay. How do you think that 
Do you okay? So with, with you saying all that, mm-hmm. and with the era that we're in right now, do you think that like in twenty years, when all of us are like adults and running the industry, do you think that we can get back to like a to like the nineteen eighties, like nineties era of like black black film and sitcoms and stuff like that? Just you're trying to get back to that like, what's the word I'm looking for? Just losing me. It's like the vibe you were going for then. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, the same kind of yeah, yeah, the same type of vibe. Just like just just an inauthentic black experience. I feel like yes and no. Yes, as far as we will have something new that's that current modern day and times version of what they had in the eighties and nineties. But also the times are different. They are. Like if you think of movies like Boys in the Hood or Don't Be a Menace, like those movies have they like certain things that were depicted then. I don't feel I don't know how they would rest with people if they were depicted today. Mm. And it's like with that being the case now, twenty years down the line, I just don't know what the world's gonna look like. So it's like, yes, the same stories can be depicted. I just probably would have to be done a different way. Right, right, right. Yeah, I asked that question because I feel like mm-hmm. that era is so... So iconic. It's so iconic. And there are so many just shows that are central to just right. black conversations and the Definitely. black experience that, that came in that time right. period. Or even just like the... What is it? Um, what is the show called? Black College... It was Living Single. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, I feel like a modern day rendition of that would be cool. I just don't know. Like, as of recently, I'll be feeling the type of way when the classic hit, like, home and it's like timeless to this day. And then it's like you redo it. It's like you need to fix what wasn't broken. Like, we think about the Coming to America, they redid. They redid yeah. Bad Boys. It's just like certain things I feel like should be a stamp in time. And we recreate something similar for this current generation versus taking away from that to give something new for today. If that makes sense. Right. I think that like a problem is we keep trying to recreate yeah, that stuff we, when we those, new stuff. Yeah. Yeah, those are moments new ideas, in time. Literally. Like, those are moments in time that, that can't be recreated. We need to put our stamp on, no, on our on like in our in our era. It made me think about it. I was talking to Makai about this. I was saying how I don't feel like correct me if I'm wrong or we could we could talk about it, but I don't feel like our the years we've been on earth, like the two thousands have What's the term? Culture that's like pertinent to them specifically. If you think about growing up in high school or like Halloween or like inspiration for media, movies, music, it's like all these decades that they're pulling from are before we were even here. So it's like even now, what do we have? Like the early 2000s, it's like the 90s had their thing, the 80s had their thing, 70s was groovy, 50s, you got roaring 20s, it's like 2000s, it's like we still doing 90s and 2000s parties. Like you know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, what's going to be the representation of the time that we were like? In our young ages, damn, no, that's a good like. Cause like besides like silly bands, Beyblade, it's like we don't really have any like. This is what they were doing in 2012, 2015. Like, I can't even think of anything. And I was here, bro. I can't think of anything that we specifically doing. I can think of different apps that we would yeah doing, apps or dances stuff like that. Dances, but, but actual like, lifestyle, yeah, like fashion. That's because like early two thousand, you, you know, you, you got like all the baggy stuff, right? Baggy but, stuff, and it's like. Early two thousands really kind of it blends in a lot with nineties. It, it does. So it's not really they cousins. Yeah, they're, they're cousins, bro. And you know they're they're right next to each other, so right. it's not going to be that big of an evolution of style. And yeah, we we can't continue to do that stuff. We can't. As, it's twenty twenty three now, bro. Like that was like damn near thirty years ago. No facts. Like what's I think that um I I kind of feel like the reason why it's not we don't have that those those signifiers of our culture is because. I feel like it's because of phones, bro. I agree. I think that we are so invested into our phones because I feel like those type of creative, um, those, those, all those creative 
um, markers and just those those signifiers of a generation come from like boredom, so to say. Right, innovation, and also the whole idea of. I don't fully agree with this, but I can see how it applies. So I guess I probably should agree with it. I feel like phones and social media, it kind of omits the idea of individuality. It's like I could open my phone and see what the next person does. Like, oh, that's how they wore this. I want to buy this shirt because I like how they wore it. This time I work. Versus like you just coming across them, it's like I'm gonna do me. No cameras. It's just me. If it pop, it cool. It don't. It don't. So I feel like now there's always this idea of like, what's going to be liked or like, what's going to go. What are people going to respond to? Facts. Oh, and it's like back then they didn't have that. Like it was just like I'm doing me. It was just doing it. Yeah. It was just doing it. And I think that um we social media it creates like an illusion of individuality. It does. You know, we we think that we have You're just curating your life, right? Yeah. You, to view it. you bro curating your life, bro. And it's like there are so many things like I think of how people might might perceive me, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like we we all kind of highlight our triumphs right, right. on social media. We're not gonna if we're going through something like we're not gonna Definitely, yeah. post about it, you know, because it's like we don't, you know, right. I don't need to share this with everybody. Yeah. I might do it. I saw a quote. It was basically like social media is a highlight reel. And I'm like that's facts. It's a highlight reel, bro, and it's it's a, it's a it's an artificial highlight reel, right? Like artificial because we as as individual as it kind of seems like we're we're acting, you mm-hmm. know, being able to post on our story, being able to kind of portray who we want to portray it's all just a front bro yeah it is like you remember like maybe in like 2013 2014 when we had instagram like we, we just posted anything. we were just posting anything bro <laughs> we just got here yeah. my head hurt. i was <laughs> like posting anything. whatever whatever sports anything. thing i'll be like yeah like Facts. you know and i think it's definitely shifted it's it's shifted bro and i was thinking about this bro it's made me kind of sad because i seen like when I look at the younger generation, like middle schoolers, high no. schoolers, when I see their Instagrams, their Instagrams look like how we be on Instagram. No, it, it scares me too because I'm just like, yes, we had social media. I feel like I got on Instagram maybe like fifth grade, sixth grade. Yeah, me too. But at that time, it wasn't a thing. But for a fifth grade or sixth grade now to be on Instagram, I'd be like, I don't know. Yeah. And also, the world was just a lot more innocent then. And we could just be kids. I feel like this generation doesn't really get to be kids. I feel like we were like at a great place where we saw the evolution of like, I played with toys. Then the iPod came out. Mm-hmm. Then it was an iPad when I was about twelve. It was just like yeah. it, it continued to evolve, like the internet and everything. But to come into the world with all of that at your access at your fingertips, you're just like I don't know. Like it's not good just being able to um, access all the information yeah, that not. you can access for a child, bro. It's like even with parental control and stuff, I just feel like there's only so much you can block your kids from seeing. Like there's a lot that you can't really um, that you can't control. You can't control it, bro. And sometimes I'll be on TikTok and I'll be like, yo. One, y'all know it's kids on here. It's like, are my sister and my cousin seeing what I'm seeing? Like, that scares me. It blows my mind. Because some scary, people be on their wild, and I'm like, this is crazy. Bro, and it's like, this, they be so desensitized to everything because of TikTok. It's like, oh, it's nothing. It's like, what? Like, it's nothing. Like, just some of the things that... Like, I, I won't say I was naive growing up, but I do feel like I had the privilege of being a child, so I didn't have to be a child no more. Bro, And same. I feel like now the times are different to where, like, you don't even have that luxury. Cause like if you if you if you were like naive like right. middle school you might get bullied people right. are gonna look at right. you like right. okay like, oh you don't know nothing you know and I think that I, I agree same here like I had the privilege of being able to to be a kid like, right I think that my my family you know like I feel like they raised me mm-hmm. to a point where like I wasn't I wasn't like super naive right but I was naive for for like my age right no I agree completely. It was, I knew what I needed to know. I knew what I needed to know right. at my age, bro. Right. When I was 13, 14, like, I, I'd be hearing these kids talk about, like, sex and everything. Yeah. I'd be like, bro, like, y'all, 
Y'all kids, bro. Yeah, it's like, what's going on? Like, and I'm not like I'm not gonna sit here and act like when I was younger, kids, the kids wasn't talking about that stuff like Facts. that. But, but they, it was different. It was yeah, different it was different tone it of it. It was different. It was different. It was, it was different, bro. Yeah, that's really when like I got exposed to like everything because I was in private school. Yeah, like all the way up until fifth grade, I was in Christian school. So sixth grade, I go to a charter school, but it's basically like through the public school district, mm-hmm. and that's when. The band-aid just got ripped off. It was like, this is life. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, this is what y'all been on for how long? We're like 11, 12. I'm in class. People show me something. I'm like, why are you showing me this? I just want to be a kid. Yeah. And it's like, now I can't see it. Exactly. Uh, I, I think that for me, like, I was like a little more like sheltered because I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I never went to a public school. So, okay. Um, I, I was, I went to like, luckily I went to black schools. Right, right. Like, I went to like black private schools, but like, mm-hmm. um, I was still, I think that, being at a black private school kind of I wasn't completely sheltered because I was still around black people right but I was like more more sheltered than like maybe like somebody growing up in like a public school environment definitely and I think that um it just makes me curious to like where where is this going to take this 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 younger generation like where is it going to take them bro very concerning like that's why when I said like being able to um to see those kids from Atlanta Mm -hmm. And seeing how what they was talking about them being leaders, I found it very inspiring. I feel like on one hand, it's like we could be scared, or it's like we can see what responsibility we have in this. Because I feel like if social media scares me the way it doesn't, like not gonna lie, the way AI is developing, like Bro. every hour, I'm just like, what are what is the world gonna look like in ten years? Like, is anything gonna be real anymore? Also, it's just like if all this is happening now, and we're worried about the kids of today's generation, what are our kids gonna be like? But then also it just makes me think it just puts more of a responsibility on us because I feel like if we have knowledge or access or have had the opportunity to experience something, it's our job to pay it for. Like each one, teach one. I feel like that's really big. Um, like for example, even us going to Howard, we may not think we know a bulk of information, but even just like life lessons going to talk, like I really try to do a good job of going back where I came from. So over the um, winter break, we have to do like winter initiatives for real court. Mm-hmm. So I went back to this program. I used to, I went to the two programs I used to be in. I did a scholarship at my old high school to basically show people that it's possible. Cause sometimes like people make it out and they never go back. And it's just like, Oh yeah, I did that. But like, I'm above you now. And I never want to get to that space because it's bro. like, God can humble you just as fast as he took you to where you are. So it's like, okay, remember where you're coming from and help the next people out. If you can lift as you climb. That's really important to me. You gotta pay for it. I feel like that's one of the importances of being a leader. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, the the whole development of AI is very interesting. It is. I have a few questions about it for you. Mm-hmm. Do you, how do you think? I don't know if you thought about this, but how do you think the AI is going to affect schooling? I think it's going. To, okay, so I feel like technology was used to was created or implemented to make life easier. Mm-hmm. Correct. But I feel like it's gotten to a point where it's no longer easy. It's is pretty much segueing into lazy. And I yeah. feel like AI is going to make that, it's going to normalize just being lazy. Like, don't get me wrong. I graduated, but I used ChatGPT like once. Like once or twice. Just once? Makai told me about it. Once or twice. What did once you find out about it? Like second semester of my senior year. So it was just like, do it even matter now? Like, it, yeah. it, it, it matters. It matters. I'm weak. He said it helped. It helped post the gap. But no, I'm like, like post-grad if we can do that now, it's just like, where is this going to go? Where is it going? It's like, how do I know that this is really your marriage? Like, you thought to write this. And it's like, you don't want to think that way, but it's like, now you really don't know. Yeah. Like, that thing can write, they can, it can do emails, pictures. I saw it can edit, it can edit photos now. Like, I just thought. It can edit photos? Yes. I saw a video on TikTok and it was saying like, where does the future of photography look like? Because 
Canva has this feature where you can do AI. Basically, this girl was like leaning off of a boat and she searched like turtle and then she started putting up all these high, what is the word, like high resolution pictures of turtles to where they like literally look like the turtles in the water. And it's just like somebody went to school or. In Canva? Yes. Somebody went to school or put time to learn this skill on Photoshop and it's like now you don't need it anymore. So I feel like AI is. Oh my parallel with robots it's like we always people always talk about how the future and robots will take people's jobs i feel like that's where we're headed bro that stuff is scary bro it is scary that stuff is scary it's cool too though it is cool it It, is it's cool cool. but it's like i think um it makes me wonder where are we going i think when i'm me and my friend was talking about like where is this going to eliminate like essays and I think it's like, like, is it going to change school? I feel like anything is good and beneficial when it's used for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. So, like, for example, the AI picture they had of Trump getting arrested, like, when it gets to (laughs) fake news and media, that's when it gets scary to me because I don't know what to believe. Like, y'all are creating NASA, pictures looking like NASA took them, of like an asteroid coming. A meteor. It's like, how do I know what to believe? Like, this is the stuff that's circulating. Because, like, they can do that now. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of it like that, bro. No, it's crazy. Like from from the whole asteroid standpoint, that's kind of you could really it's trick bad. people into. You can, because I mean, like one of the cool things about our air is that we can just being able to take pictures. Like we can see that we're, we're able to see everything now. No, if something happens, we can see it. But now with, it. with AI, it's like you don't know. I our our whole kind of system of knowing how we come to know things, we can you you can make it up. Just imagine once they I don't know if they're doing it right now, but once what's going to happen when they start being able to like manipulate videos. Like that, mm-hmm. like it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be wild, bro. Like, it makes me kind of think of um like another question I had. What do you how do you think it's gonna affect the film industry? Mm. AI in the film industry. That's a good question. Is it gonna affect script writing? Or okay, that's true because okay, for example, I feel like it could aid. Like I said, I feel like anything is good when it's used the right way. I do feel like it could aid, but I also feel like it would detach people from their work in a sense I feel like anything creative is very personal mm-hmm. and you really dive into it and really hone in on the story you're trying to tell but with AI you can literally be like write a script with these three characters this is a baseline of the character what they're about this is the plot this is the climax and it's going to pump out a script and it's like yes you have a script but it's like how the script would look if you would have actually wrote it and put it in your head mm-hmm. it's like you can kind of go through and course correct but at a certain point it's like this isn't your idea these aren't your ideas they're not so I feel like it would negatively affect the film industry in a sense because the stories wouldn't be as well developed and well versed as they could be had the person really like locked in and wrote the script. Yeah, I think it's um it's interesting to think about because we're already in an era of just films. When you just look at just look at a lot of the films that are made of like in within the last ten years, a lot of them are like carbon copies of something right. where they're trying to revive or right. like a series, mm-hmm. same um, storyline, different name, like same storyline, different name. So. How is that gonna? How is that gonna evolve with, with AI? With people getting lazier and lazier? That's. I don't know. Where did it come from? Right. It's um. It started with Siri, bro. Siri was cool. Bro, and Alexa. How did oh we get? How did we get here? That was like the origin. It was like. Bro, I remember when we was like 11, 12 when Siri first came out, bro. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I was like, oh my god. That was getting scary. I want to talk to. It's starting it. to feel like Smart House. You seen that movie? Nah. On Disney Channel? Nah, I haven't. You gotta watch it. Smart it's like the house is basically AI generated, and the house is working in their favor. It'll be like, what's the um, what's the AC on the house to talk to you, or like mm-hmm. the house to wash the dishes, just random stuff. But basically, like the house got too smart and started like working against it, them when they designed the house to work for them. So like, what type of stuff was it doing? 
So, like, for example, one of the dude, the boy, the, the son, the main character, he was going out the house, and the house was like, pull your pants up. But So, basically, the house had a voice, but then the house turned into, like, there was, like, a person with, the, like, a nanny, if you will, maid type vibe mm-hmm. that was in there. So, she was like, pull your pants up. And he was like, no, this is how we run it right now. And she, like, zap, like he tries to go out the door, and the door shocks him. Oh, like, wow. zaps him. So, it would be little stuff like that, but just puts you in the mindset of, like, could technology work against us when it was created to help us? So, bro, I think it's um, it just made me think about that. It's it's a possibility, bro. I mean, if they make, they're trying to make this stuff in as much as close to humans as they can. And it's just like why I feel like on one end that's unsettling, but it's like even if they were to make another joke, it's like nobody could be you. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like y'all can try and literally get the formula, but they won't be able to think how I would think. Not at all, bro. It's like I could I could sit up here and ask ChatGPT to ask to make questions that I could ask you, but it's like. The questions that they're gonna think of is not right. the, is not right. what I'm gonna think of. At right. this, you know, Literally. it's nowhere near as creative or just right. awful. That's not. That's yeah. not. If 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 it could do that, then anybody could have a podcast. Right. And, I just feel like you, the word AI where the disconnect would be for me is the prior knowledge or context. So you can type anything in there, but it's like you can only explain so much. Yeah, and I think you really have to if you want AI to do something for you, you have to really type in very no, specifically details, what you want, like everything. Yeah, I think that's um. Uh, we're going towards an interesting place, bro. We are. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But uh, I wanted to ask about your your experience being Mr. Howard. Okay. I I thought it was really cool that that's just you did that, bro. I'm just kind of curious, like what kind of what kind of made you what made you want to want to run for it? Take me back to like when did you first start thinking about it? Well, funny enough, I did work recording like high school. Okay. But in high school, it's literally just. I don't want to say popularity contest, but that's kind of what it is. Like, you don't really do anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, people vote. If you win, you win. Cool. You wear the crown to the homecoming dance. I didn't have a football team, so it wasn't even like we had a parade or a game or anything of that nature. So when I did it in high school, I was like, okay, this is cool. And I got to Howard, and I was one of the people that had laser focus on Howard. When I knew I applied and got in, I was like, I'm going here. Don't know how I'm paying for it, but I'm going. Did you so apply early or really? I applied early. Okay. So I was so like, you were here already. Yeah, I was here. like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this, but it's going to happen. I'm going to trust God. And it happened, but I was literally watching everything Howard, from last person standing to the current Mister Miss Howard. I was just was just like watching them, and I feel like Brandon Allen, who was the current Mister Howard at the time, mm-hmm. he really just represented well. Like, and I was like, I could do that. And funny enough, there's like email threads in my like first ever email from high school, where my family is like, oh, save this for me from Mister Howard, just like just like playing around, joking around. And so I got to Howard. And I feel like I had always been in leadership spaces throughout my matricula- educa- uh, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. academic matriculation. Yeah. Um, so it was nothing to get here and not want to continue to lead and have an impact. So I joined FLA, which is the Freshman Leadership Academy. It's not even a thing anymore. Um, and I remember going out for Mr. Freshman. That was what a lot of people don't know about. So I went out for Mr. Freshman. And I feel like I had the skill set to do the job. I just wasn't prepared. I didn't do my part end up holding my end of the bargain. I remember interviewing and leaving knowing I bought an interview. So I was like, okay, cool, we're probably not gonna get this. What do you what do you feel like what do you feel like you could have improved on that specific interview that you did? 
froze. So I basically didn't even know my platform. Okay. Like I had kind of made like I knew I wanted to do it, but I wasn't. It wasn't my time, and I feel like that was unsettling at the moment. But I came to terms with it because that's real, and that shows up in other places in life. But that it literally wasn't my time. So fast forward, pandemic happens, and I feel like during the pandemic, everybody was complaining like. How it isn't this? How it isn't that? It's like da da da. And it was like, granted, yes, we're upset, but I was kind of on the end of like, this stuff is out of our control and it's also out of power's control. So it's only so much they can do. So it's like us bashing them is not going to solve anything. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of just like, keep my ear to the streets. Okay, like so this is what's going on. This is what we used to do. How do we make this better? So when I came back junior year, I kind of just got back, did my job of getting back in the swing of things, and that's why I was grateful for the orgs and spaces I was in because I feel like I wouldn't have been able to become Mr. Howard if I didn't do the stuff I did freshman year. Because if you think about it, if I didn't do anything freshman year, we didn't have a sophomore year, coming back junior year, I would have been, I guess, behind, or like, it would have been been too late. You wouldn't have known what you could have improved on. Right. So I ran for Mr. SOC. I literally campaigned the whole junior year. I ran for Mr. SOC first semester of junior year. I think I remember that. I didn't win that. I lost. I was bummed. But I was like, it's fine. Mr. Howard was angle anyway. And I was like, I'm going to run for Mr. Howard. I was like, I'm going to just do it. And that's really where my platform, Pushing Forward, was birthed from. And... My tagline for that was basically encouraging students to reimagine, reignite, and rewrite what the higher university experience can and will be versus what they don't see. Because we got back from the pandemic, everybody's like, oh, we used to do this on Wednesdays. Oh, it's not like this anymore. We can't have everybody in Crampton. It's like, y'all, we know these are the odds we're up against. What are we going to do to make this new reality somewhat normal? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's what I really wanted to do. Um, and I feel like that's why I was inspired to run because I feel like I was connected to the campus and the student body and I feel like what really gave me the push to run was I don't know if you know I used to do YouTube yeah. so like in high school freshman year I was doing like all this Howard stuff I think I, and I remember, so, I remember fact, so when I came back during the year mind you two classes hadn't been on campus it was HG24 and HG25 this was their both of their first times on campus so I'm just going with my daily tasks excited to be back I kid you not I got stopped like every day for the first month and was like oh my god I used to watch YouTube oh my god like, you're the reason I came here. Like, I loved your video, da da da. And I was like, It's junior year. This is junior year, like, fresh back from the pandemic. That's I was crazy. like, They fucking with me. Like, I'm connected. Like, okay. let's, like, let's do this. So, that really was my push. Cause I feel like if you don't have the people backing you, it's really a waste of time to do it. Most definitely. Cause, like, the people not gonna vouch for you, it's like, don't even waste your time. It's about Cause people. it's stressful, but it's like the people. And I feel like the people chose me. So, I had to choose myself and run. Bro, that's, that's really powerful, bro. I think that, um, it's you always you know you always want to feel good about yourself mm-hmm. but in the things that you've done and the things and the people that you try to inspire right. but i already know it hit different for you to actually see those people yeah and they're, and they're it's hearing like, wow. you. it's like I, I already know that that pushed you even more bro like and i feel like the other thing that really um what's the word made me feel good about the whole thing was i feel like i went into a lot of spaces while i was at howard just being my genuine self like, yes, I may have had Mr. Howard in the back of my head, but it was never like, oh, my God, I got to, like, waking up every morning, got to do this, I mean, Mr. Howard, got to do this. It's like, it kind of just happened. Like, I kind of just manifested it. I don't know. Yeah. And also, I was thinking about it earlier when you mentioned Howard experience. I was like, no, this is going to come up. And I feel like my faith and my relationship with God, all that has really grown since being in college in general, just, like, going through stuff and, like, trusting the process. Every day is different. Um, but I really manifested it. Like, I remember I was running, and I had Good Morning, Mr. Howard in my mirror. I wrote it. Like the top of second semester, and I was like, I'm not taking this down, so I win, and I won. Just like seeing that and being intentional, and even also the whole divine timing piece. Everybody knows me, know I love sneakers. So I'm a sneakerhead, and I was just like, 
who would have thought I would become Mr. Howard at the start of a Jordan brand partnership? Like all of this stuff, Jordan is like it's, it's just like for you, this is this is what is supposed to happen. So moments like that reassure me, like nah, you do what you need to do. It's just the overall. It's like aspect, a good feeling, yeah. The aspect of divine timing. Like, Definitely. What do you think that phrase means to you? Because um, I know I know it means a lot to me because you really like things happen when they're supposed to happen. I feel like divine timing is if you want something, always have to do your part, but trusting that. God, the universe, whatever y'all believe in, is gonna allow things to come to fruition when they're when it's gonna best suit you. Yeah. Like for example, I was a freshman at Howard. I need to get my footing. I didn't need to be Mr. Freshman. That's why I didn't get it. Mr. SOC, I ran for it, but God wanted something bigger for me. Like he knew there was something bigger coming literally a semester later. So it's just really just like doing your part and yes, you can have your ideas or how you see fit, your ideal situation. Mm-hmm. But if it's not what he sees fit, it's not gonna happen. You gotta be okay with that. So I feel like that's one of the biggest areas of growth have been for me where I feel like I'm maturing because I'm just like, I got to trust the process. Like, certain things you can, like, really just control what you can control and uh, trusting him to control the things that are out of your control. Bro, that's, that's the biggest thing. Some of the realest stuff ever, bro. I can relate to that a lot just from the standpoint of, like, I remember last year there was this internship that I didn't get mm-hmm. with, the, with, with the company and I was like, I was really bummed out about it. I was like, damn, like, I don't have an internship. What am I going to do now? Right. I, don't, I don't know what I'm about to do. And that whole summer, I stayed true to myself, and I was just recording podcasts all summer, yeah. and I was reading, and just the overall knowledge I was able to gain, just the experience of, of, of just the education of being able to like understand people's perspectives and just gaining knowledge on my own through my own right. personal study, like it's led me to where I am now, just being able to have the opportunity to go to Johns Hopkins, and right. because I wouldn't have been able to get this fellowship. If I didn't read yeah, all these books, because like you, yeah, you just do like the knowledge that I helped that, that I that I accumulated during this time, like I wouldn't like the things that I was talking about just from just from my head. It's like I think that um it wouldn't have happened if I if I had got that that internship, which is something that's that real. I didn't even really care about. I was just doing it to kind of check off a box, right? And I feel like that's the other thing too. I feel like God doesn't close the door without opening a bigger one. So like I remember when I got into Howard, I was like, bro, how am I gonna pay for this? Like. Day and night, I'm like, what am I? Paying? I was just applying for stuff, and like, grateful to God, like I'm, I literally graduated debt free, and it's like oh, that was amazing, due to bro. hard work. It's like, and it's just like there was a moment in time where where I didn't see myself making it passes, but it's like everything that's bothering you right now probably won't matter like five months down the line or to a year, honestly, if we've been for real. Unless it's something like life changing, then yeah. But most stuff is just like we'd be so caught up on it. It's like you have to trust yourself and then trust the process. And even like, what else was I finna talk about? When I um, I feel like I really tried to showcase that, like tell my friends or like even when people talk to me about being Mr. Howard, and I'm like, yes, this is cool and all, but this is bigger than me. And I feel like my friends will always be more excited than I was because I just feel like I feel like I, did, I took it seriously and tried to have fun in it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times they'd be like, oh, you're Mr. Howard, put your Mr. Howard card, and I'm just like, I'm Rashawn first. Like, yes, I want this position, but I just, I just want to be humble, like resonate with the people, and I feel like that's why I was received so well because. I really wanted to show the duality of the Howard suit. And I feel like at a lot of black schools or just leadership positions in general, you're expected to be on this pedestal, like sit in the front of the class, very poised, talk like this, walk like this. And I was like, I'm going to be myself through this position. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm not wearing a just shoes today. I'm going to put my, my Jordans on. I don't feel like wearing a tie. I'm going to my shirt. Little things like that to show people that like, yes, I'm in this position, but I'm still a student. Like they would see me in the classroom. They would see me at Grand Central on Thursday. It's just like, Showing the duality of a Howard student because it's not this just cookie cutter image, right, bro? I think you saying that makes me think of 
other a lot of oftentimes when people kind of do things, I know it's a lot yeah. of people who run for stuff at Howard. It's, it's like they change. It's very, they change is very inauthentic. I know people who gotten who joined frats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Who kind of be switching up now. They be acting yeah. acting weird, bro. You That's know, and it's like. I think not not even just fast, but just like in they, general. Just, just, just like you reach what you've been working towards, and now you acting brand new. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like the base thing that I kept reminding myself, I was like, you would be so wrong and out of pocket to like change who you are when the people that you're the people that you would be switching up on and changing for are the reason in this position. Yeah, it's like if the people didn't vote for me, I wouldn't be having the access opportunities that I'm doing. So it's like my due diligence to stay true to myself. So. Staying true to yourself, and I think that's something where a lot of people kind of kind of lose in life just from the standpoint of like they get these things and, mm-hmm. they, and and because for them to kind of put on you was like oh you're Mr. Howard you can do this right. it, it shows that they don't understand the, right. the, the reason and responsibility and I was, that comes I was talking it. to the new Mr. Howard about this model and I was saying how leadership and stuff should evolve like the Mr. Howard from when I was a senior in high school shouldn't look how I looked as Mr. Howard like granted there's things that should be common threads but it's like make it your own why, figure out why you want people to remember you and like make sure that shines through because like the people just thought you was going through the motions or like oh you're trying to uphold this image it's like they're not going to resonate with that just be yourself be yourself bro and I think that's one of the um, yourself. it's one of the things that people people neglect man and I, I have something that's, that I always advocate for mm-hmm. just and no matter what you do stay authentic and true to yourself and be yourself got to the, the rewards are gonna come bro like I, I be trying to push that to people if you stay authentic in your journey and your you path do. the rewards are gonna come Some, I feel like people will ask me they're like Rashawn how'd you do this how'd you do this and it's like this is gonna sound crazy but I wasn't like I wasn't a lot of stuff I feel like I wasn't trying like, I just be doing me like I just be focused on what I gotta focus on and just doing me like I feel like that's the basis of everything like do you it's, Dude, like, I feel, it's and I also simple. feel like something that really has been speaking to me as a recent that I heard somebody, I was either watching a sermon or like somebody said it, but they was like, God doesn't give you an idea for no reason. So like, if it crosses your mind or pops into your head nine times out of ten, you should do it probably more than likely. Oh, bro! Like if it crossed your mind, you need to do it or act on it. Act on it. Write it down somewhere. Or delegate to someone you know can also do it. But like, I don't feel like any good any good idea is a bad idea. There's bad execution. Well, I don't feel like there's bad ideas. There's bad execution. Yeah. That's that's like, the you thing. You didn't execute it well. And that's the thing. That's okay. It reminds me of what you said earlier, freshman. You said you didn't have a solid plan. Right. You gotta have a plan. Like going out for Mr. Freshman wasn't crazy, but I executed it horribly. Exactly. I wasn't prepared. Exactly, bro. And I think that's where a lot of people fail. That's when people give up. Yeah. It's, it's like just you not about. Up. It's just like what can you do differently? That's why, I like, I was like pushing for. Like, you gotta keep it pushing, bro. That's why my platform. It was like pushing for it. Like, you can't harp on what didn't happen. It's like, what are you going to do? Take from that so you can push yourself forward to the next position. Like, you really have to keep going. In you got to keep going. You got to keep going, and, and you have to. You can't be afraid to kind of switch up what you're doing. And it is easier said than done. For but sure, it's like, sure. st- start with small things. Like, okay, you got to see on the test. Like, that's not small because it's your grades, but that's different than, like, not getting a job or an internship you've been praying and working for. Like, mm-hmm. it's levels to it. So it's like, you didn't do so good on this assignment. I'm going to make it my duty to make sure I get the 20 points I lost on this one on the next one like that's you still going and it's like once you do it there the skills are transferable everywhere else and I feel like that people look at the grand scheme of things and it's like dumb it down a little bit and apply that here and then you can apply it where you need to I think it takes it takes you it takes you to accomplish like one thing right. in your life through mm-hmm. like discipline and hard work and effort for you Definitely. to understand that 
what this one thing I accomplished can translate into other yeah, aspects I can do of this. my life. And my family always told me, so they were like Howard, or not even Howard, like college in general, it's a taste of life. If you can go to college, leave your city, be successful, do this, make a name for yourself, you're going to be perfectly fine in the world. Like, this is where you're supposed to try stuff, fall, get back up, this stuff off track again. Because, like, if you just play it safe here and you get out in the real world, it's like you don't have the preparation that you need. Granted, it's going to be bigger battles outside of college, but it's like if we've done this here, we already have the confidence, like, oh, it may not have been on this scale, but I went through something similar, so I know I'm going to move. Yeah. I know I'm going to do this. Like, and that's really important. Because it's just like human nature. It's just going to flip on like a switch. You're not even going to realize, like, dang, I just ate that. Like, I, I did that like it was nothing. So. I think that's the importance of taking a risk, bro. Facts. Because you, we we be so blinded by by fear when yeah, it comes to yeah. doing stuff. I feel like sometimes if we just sit, sit up and do it, we yeah. see that what we was fearful of is never as fearful as it as it seems in our head. And I was in the sun this morning. It was like failure isn't falling. Failure is not trying. It's like, bro, you gonna fall. Like, if you get something done every, if you get it right the first time every time, that's no fun. Like the story is just gonna be like too perfect. Granted, that is some people's story, but it's like. Those experiences where it's like you gotta think or it's like okay, like you really like, how can I rework this? How can I do that? That's where you really grow. Most definitely, bro. And I think that's the importance of getting out of your comfort zone. Facts. Now, every every great individual, they all have to get out of their comfort they zone did. if they wanted to achieve greatness. I know you have to get out of your comfort no, zone. No, bro, like right? me public speaking, like that's crazy. Like, I kid you not, I used to be terrified of public speaking. So to just go in front of people like command a room, it's just like, who have I become? Like I've grown, but like this is where I'm supposed to be. I literally remember also, I feel like it's important. That's another topic. But I was—I feel like it's important to face your fears head on, and that's what I did with public speaking. So I did dual enrollment my senior year of high school, and I was like, I was looking at my major scheme for Howard, so I made sure all my credits transferred, so I wasn't mm-hmm. wasting my time. So I did a public speaking class, and that was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. It was like a three-minute speech and a five-minute speech. It was just like talking to people became nothing, and it like it prepared me for the spaces that I was in when I got to Howard. So, how do you think that? How do you, what do you think is the key to being a good, a good public speaker? Because hmm. I have my own opinion on it, but I kind of want to hear yours. I feel like... That you kind of cultivate um, the past few years. Let's see. I feel like... I'm going to give like three words that I feel like I apply to my creative process. I feel like it's similar as far as how it's received. I would say, one, you need to know your audience. Um, two, focus on delivery as far as like what emotions you want to evoke how do you want people to feel when they when you open how you want people to feel when you're done and then also um when i say audience presentation no what i said i say presentation you said audience delivery audience delivery um, and i feel like presentation is another one i feel like for me you need to know who you're talking to like if i'm talking to my mom or her colleagues not that they're old but it's an older group i could cater to different things or bring up different topics versus if I'm talking to my graduating class. Mm-hmm. Same thing as far as delivery, like the moment, the time, be aware of the surrounding, the time period. Like if something is going on, maybe you need to switch your tone a little bit, focus on your delivery versus like if it's a happy time, like you can throw some jokes in there, just like knowing and being aware of where you're at and what's going on around you. And then also a presentation, how you present it. Like if you come up there slouching or it's kind of funny, it's like our people probably won't take you seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, how when you step up there and how you present yourself, that's how people are going to like respect you, and that's how it's going to carry out until you're done talking. So I feel like those are like three big things that I feel like really matter in public speaking, and also like your cadence. I feel like that goes to presentation. Yeah. So yeah, because that was a real big thing they taught us as far as like knowing when to pause and inflection points, when to put emphasis on certain words. So all of that plays a role in how the message is received. Yeah, I think um, the importance of being able to feel a crowd. 
Definitely. It's in crowd control. That's real. That's a good one. And I think it's something that you kind of, you don't, you can't get good at crowd crowd control until you actually do it. You got to do it in the mix. Like, if you see people falling asleep, maybe pop a joke and then be like, I don't know. Like, make them like, like, you just got to be aware of that. And that makes me think of when I used to DJ. It's like, same thing. If the crowd, if they're not dancing no more, people on their phones, it's like, switch your song, bro. Mm -hmm. You got to turn the party back up. So it's the same thing with speaking. It's like, just being aware of your audience. Being able to kind of gather. And in tune with them, like, a feel for your people. In tune, like, Getting a feel, maybe kind of knowing what they want to mm-hmm. hear a little bit, but yeah. ob- but obviously not not changing your message completely. Is right. depending on. That's why I feel like research is important for public speaking too. Research like, is important. I feel like that goes into knowing your audience, but like also know what I feel like it's important to think of what you would want to hear if you were in, in that person. Like, mm-hmm. what would be like? Dang, like that's real. Like, what would get them to that point if you say it? So just thinking about that before you begin writing. For sure, because I think one of the biggest traits of public speakers is like. Every every speaker who has achieved like a mass audience, they have mm-hmm. always wanted to. They, they have always played the role of inspiring right. an audience. I think that's really one of the biggest things that you should mm-hmm. do. Definitely, when you're public speaking, is inspiring people. That's real. Which is kind of why I didn't really like Joe Biden's speech to us at commencement because yeah. it wasn't really it wasn't inspiring, it wasn't. bro. It was it just um, it was just a political address where he was, was pretty much talking to he was talking to every was every, every black person. It's hard I'm like, bro, really. You know, but you know, that's fine. Yeah, it happens. And I, 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 I can't I, say I was surprised. But I was about I was, to say I was, I was disappointed. I was disappointed. Yeah, I can't say I was surprised, but it's like you know. And um, I think that another thing about public speaking is I think kind of going back to something we talked about earlier, just being authentic when you're Definitely. up there. Um, mm-hmm. People, humans have a great sense of being able to sense when somebody is. And I feel like people would be so stuck on focused on being perfect and like, no, I just have everybody wants to hear. It's like people will have so much respect for you if you tell them that. Not gonna lie, y'all, I tried this and it didn't work out. I failed three times, but I finally got it. Versus being like, I studied day and night, and the first time I went for it, it was a success. Like, people know when you're not telling the truth. So it's just like, be real. Like, I feel like that's the beauty of us as individuals because everybody's story is different. And going back to the whole social media thing, it's like, you see this highlight reel as we were talking about. It's like you don't know what happened in between scene one and two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Between act two and three. So it's just like you're looking at this bigger picture when it's like just be real and like know that everybody's a person at the end of the day. Bro, everybody's a person. Everybody goes through stuff. Everybody goes through stuff and everybody wants to hear certain things to help them feel better, bro. And I think. Because nine times out of ten, somebody's gone through what you've gone through and it's like if you have the courage to say it, it's going to help someone else. Facts. And that's Facts. how I be thinking. It's like I'm trying to like be perfect and not share this, but. It could be 10 people going through the same thing and they don't have the courage to say it and I do, I'm just like hesitant. Bro, I think that's that's so real because that's something that I've all at Howard and so mm-hmm. my time in my life, I've always tried to kind of be a voice for the voiceless. Sometimes right. there will be, we'll be in class like during a, a discussion time nobody wants to say anything. Right. I always try to take try to take the role to be this right. person who starts the conversation right. just, just so people can kind of open up because not everybody wants to talk right. sometimes, you know. I think that's something that public speakers know how to do. And you see how that works because like you'll be the one to say what everybody's singing in class and then everybody can shoot up. It's like so somebody just had to say it to get the conversation. Exactly, the, the bro. So. Exactly. This like that's happened so many times. Yeah. Like, nobody class will be quiet for like a minute. It's like, oh, so y'all did have something to say. Y'all did exactly. Right. Y'all did. Sometimes you just need a catalyst. Bro. Facts. That's I important. You just need a catalyst, bro. And I Definitely. think that. It makes you think of your campaign. Wait, can you repeat your um your uh, campaign slogan again? 
uh, pushing forward, encouraging students to reimagine, reignite, and rewrite what their higher university experience can and will be versus what they don't see. Right. That's that's something that when I when I saw that it resonated with me a lot because I feel like something that you kind of said like people at Howard will always complain about things that have happened to us and I mm-hmm. I always say all right if you complain about it do the opposite you right know, people complain about what's the solution what's your solution it's and like we all play yeah. our role everybody can do something to help fix the problem at the end of the day so we can all do something bro even just the whole Howard culture of like meeting somebody then acting like you don't remember them right I think that it's like everybody be so Hollywood yeah bro and I think if you if you want to change that culture people so many people will complain about it but they'll be the same ones doing it no for real and I'm real I'm be real like I may not know your name but if I, I if we met I'm going to speak to you for sure I, it'll be times it's like you're walking and it's like I know this person sees me and they're waiting for me to speak mm-hmm. so I'm just saying what's up like people do that weird little like like they look at like they're, they see you approaching them and they're like they see you from afar uh, before you probably even notice them I'm just like, bro, y'all are weird. Yeah, and it's I weird. think just talk, bro. Just talk, bro. I don't like we not we not scary, bro. And I think that's something that was a goal of mine senior year to just to kind of get away from that culture and kind of be yeah, somebody just, who yeah. wants to change that. You know, people, people, people gonna know me. All right, instead of me, instead of me waiting for someone to come say what's up mm-hmm. to me, I'm gonna if I see them, I'm gonna say what's up. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to go out my way to like say what's up if they're in the area because it's like no definitely and I feel like uh, along with that for me it was just like I'm gonna be myself in all capacities like not water myself down because I'm in this space and so and so's in a room or like oh so I'm cool with so and so but they with this person like I'm gonna be me regardless like because I've seen it happen too like you'll know a homeboy like y'all got class together he used to stay on your floor now he with so and so and it's like now you don't want to speak it's like that's weird just be like what's up I don't so, know why people. Well, I mean, kind of do why I do know why because people don't really, people don't really, they're, they're not in touch with themselves. They're not. They're it's not this whole identity bro. complex and social hierarchy at Howard, which is crazy. <laughs> and it's just like I don't know. It's, it just kind of shows me how um, I don't want to say insecure people are, but how yeah, how 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 disconnected from themselves they are because every people that's like, why you can go friends, so much bro. further if you can be yourself like yeah and not to be rude but like if you weren't him or her before you came it's not gonna happen here it's not like you really just gotta be yourself i feel like people be trying so hard to be seen and be the one and be in the be in the mix it's like bro just be yourself you're gonna attract the people and opportunity and everything that you need to do like if that's like literally your daily goal to like no it has to be me like you're gonna lose yourself yeah, and I think that that's one of the realest things. If, if you're yourself, your authentic self, yeah, like you're gonna meet the people that you want to meet. Literally. You're gonna meet them, bro. Like, and they might not be the most popular people at school, but and I feel like it just goes ones, back to it goes back to trying hard. Like, I feel like I don't feel like I've ever had to try hard, but I feel like the things that I've that I've won, like, granted, I do the well, maybe not say try hard, try hard in the sense of like I'm doing the most, you know, like I'm gonna put in the work and do I need to. But like, for example, I feel like my friends like. The relationship I have are a good example. I wasn't like plotting on, oh, I want to be friends with him. I want to be friends with her. Like everybody in my life fell into my life organically. Exactly. Or it's like us be being organic, ourselves. Like, we just bumped to each other and click. Like that was that. So I feel like that's why people was just like, you gotta just be yourself and let life take you through its course. Yeah, exactly. Because I feel like for me, I've never been the type of dude to to plot on being somebody's no, friend. No, for real, it's like bro. <laughs> so, like, I'm like, what's up, bro? See you again. What's up, bro? Like, what you doing? You trying to like? It just happened organically. Everything exactly. Or like people clicked. People clicked. This is an authentic, organic connection, bro. And I yep. think those are the connections that, that matter. truly last, bro. The ones that matter. The Real. people that, that you can actually hit up and they 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 know who you are. Right. And, 
That's and right. then they know that that's your passion about the message. That's right. That you preach the word just about whatever you're about in your life. That you're like, passionate about. You don't play facts. You know, because like real recognize real, bro. I know it's a cliche, facts. but it's true, bro. That's real. Like it's true, bro. Like all yeah. the all the people who are really um true to themselves. And I just appreciate that because I feel like I've been in the space or been the person that's been used before, like taken advantage of by like opportunists, for example. So it just feels good to have genuine people around me and know that I have my villages and my network my people's best interest at heart and to feel that on the opposite end it's just a good feeling most definitely you you saying that kind of makes me think you, you can answer this however you want but like how has being mr howard how was that what have you learned about howard through 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 the unique experience that you've had this year what have i learned about howard it could be like i don't know administration students just the campus as a whole Howard is very big on image. And I feel like it's important. Well, not important. I feel like we see it. Like, we've talked about it and brought it up from a student perspective as far as, like, how you want to be seen or perceived. But, like, mm-hmm. the university itself feels the same way. I feel like it's a trickle-down effect now that I think about it. Because, like, if we look good on paper and the media don't know what's going on, cool, keep it under wraps. But I've seen it happen so many times. Which is somewhat a good mentality to have, but also it's, like, be vulnerable at some points. Like, mm-hmm. when do you really let us know what's going on instead of keeping up a facade at certain points and it's like we're not really in tune with what's going on or I don't know how the validity of things you're saying anymore so I feel like that was one of the biggest things for me it's like which is I feel like I don't feel like that's a completely horrible thing because granted like even as a person like some you may be going through something and you may keep it cool off the sake of like you don't want everybody in your business yeah. like that's good here and there but like to do it excessively I feel like it can become a problem Most definitely. so I feel like that's something I noticed and then also I feel like a lot of people at this school Okay, let me not say that. That sounds crazy. <laughs> I feel like Howard has this culture of like, I feel like everybody wants to throw around this iron sharpens iron. It's like we're amongst the greats, but I feel like Howard has a subconsciously competitive culture. And it's like, it does. I'm not directly competing with you, but I'm watching what you're doing and I'm clocking you to see how I can get, like, I don't know how to describe it, but I feel like you get what I'm saying. Like, Bro, I, I, I can. It's like, pa- it's very passive. I don't know. Yeah, and I can give an example. Just, I was saying this to my friend the other day, like, me being at Howard, even though there wasn't, I wasn't in direct competition with mm-hmm. people. It made me want to be as smart as I can. Right, it made me right, want to put right. in the work. It literally, made me want to do literally. something extravagant, extra. Oh, it's leaving time. Like, oh, you just let me go apply for something. Like, yeah, you another, let me go do this. Like, I feel like it is that, but there is a. It's like a two sided coin, depending on how you let it to how you let it affect you. What do you think are the two sides of the coin? The side you just explained, as far as like, it's a positive push. It's like okay. You you on your stuff. I want to do the same thing. Like you're inspiring me versus the malicious side of the coin, where it's like, oh, he think he's better than me. Like you doing this, I'm gonna go apply for the same thing. Like I feel like that's people's reality, and it happens here all the time. Yeah, I think it's really it's really a honestly, I kind of see it as confidence insecurity. It is because confidence is like okay, Facts. I I see him doing that. I could do it too, but right. not that comes from like the right. standpoint of like I'm not insecure. I just feel like. I could do it too, and, and it's not feeling envy towards that right. person or insecurity. It's like you, you kind of, um, you don't feel confident enough in yourself, so you feel like you need to prove yourself. No, for real, you gotta prove yourself. That's definitely what it is. And I always also feel like people have the wrong mindset when they don't see it as like it only takes one of us. So I tell my friends all the time, I'm like, I don't care who makes it first, bro. Like, if I get an opportunity and it's I have an opportunity to put you on, I'm gonna do that. Yeah. But there are generally people where it's like, oh, like. Nah, like they they literally resent you or are envious because you got you bet you quote unquote made it first or you got the gig and it's like 
bro, it's like you're burning a bridge, and it's like I get in the door, the possibilities are endless. Like you're thinking so so small, so it's, like, it's bigger. Than yeah, it's like, bro. It's one of us gotta get, one of us gotta get in the door, and it's like I feel like if you have that mentality, like people, a lot of people have that mentality. How would be a greater place? It would be. Cause that's why yes, it applies in the real world, but also like everywhere else. Maybe you go out for the org, your friend gets you don't get in, your friend gets in. It's like now you want to follow your friend that made the org, and you find this switching, switching up, acting different. It's like how do you not know your friend isn't going to bat to make sure you get in the next cohort, next class, etc. Mm-hmm. So it's just like looking at the larger picture instead of focusing on what's not immediately accessible right in front of you. Yeah, I think that's um something that humans struggle with. Period. Just thinking yeah. about the long term aspect Facts. of things and. Always thinking about the short term and it's like, right. oh, yeah, he did this now. Like, screw him. I mean, it's human nature. You're going to think that. But it's human nature. When you act on it and start being malicious, that's when it's a problem. That's when but I can't say you're crazy to be like, dang, like, he got that. I wanted to, like, I feel like I worked. Like, cool. You can feel that way. But, like, if you allow that to rule your relationships and how you move and, like, become malicious, that's when it's a problem. Well, that's really when it becomes an issue, bro. Because yeah. I think that, um, I mean, envy leads to such, it leads to downfall, bro. At least a bad place. My family always told me, they was like, jealousy wants nothing to do with you, but envy is like right, right in your coattail. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody jealous of you, they borderline hate you, like they're disgusted. But like somebody's yeah. envious, it's like, I don't like you for real, but I kind of got to stay close and know what you got going, like what's going on for you. Exactly. So it's like. And it kind of leads to potential sabotage. It does. You know? Like that, that envy, they kind of might want to see you. Like it wouldn't, it would probably make them feel a little good if it, right. if you if, if you screwed up and that facts. And it's like if you think about it, it's like they're there to see the downfall. But it's like they're playing that side of like, oh, like nah, you got it, bro. But whole time it's like they're rooting for you to fail. Yeah. So like they seeing the good and the bad. They seeing the good and the bad, and it's like and the ugly. Those are the worst people to have. Those are the worst people. The worst people. I mean, that's really where enemies come from. Enemies are are people that you used that. to trust. I'd be like, remove anybody from my life that's not for me or have my best interest at heart. Most definitely. And I feel like I don't. I won't say I was a people pleaser, but I was like a people's person and I've gotten to a space where I'm like, nah, bro, like I own people around me that's like enhancing my life spiritually, mentally, financially, academically. It's like if you're not doing all of that, I'm gonna speak to you, but it's no hard feelings. Like I'm not yeah. gonna be like what you're doing this hang out, like I'm done just keeping people around just for the sake of like having a bun being cool with everybody. For sure. Like it's not beneficial. Do you think that this mentality that you have formed as a result of you being Mr. Howard and kind of seeing people in a more authentic lens or something that you kind of been been kind of I feel like over time and being in the position definitely helped because it was just like bro you don't talk to me you just don't have access to and what I can get done so now you're trying to like be my right hand man yeah versus like if I didn't win you probably wouldn't be in my face exactly but it's like I'm in spaces and rooms that you don't have access to so it's like oh let me get cool with so and so so I can get what I want and it's just like no that's that's when people be acting weird, but I don't. I swear I don't. Cause it's like, bro, you like, like, the president. Up, like, yes, it's a good position, and it's like I have opportunity to do stuff. But it's like you're really showing me who you truly are off of something that you think I have. I really don't. And Howard got a lot of that. A lot yeah, of people yeah, like that. You bad. got a lot it's of power bad. hungry it's monkeys bad. like who really just be trying it's to so like. Bad. And it gets to the point where it's like, do you genuinely want to like have a relationship with me, be my friend, or is it like, is this like a is this quote unquote acquaintance relationship, whatever, a stepping stone for what you're really trying to do? You know, it's like, that's not a good feeling. It's like, because I feel like you really know if somebody's, like, on your side, on your team or not, if you they can depend on you, but you can't depend on them. Like, I feel like that's a deal breaker. Because mm. it's just like, bro, I'm showing up for you, and it's like, every time it's something, like, not that friendship should be transactional, but I do feel like it should be a mutualistic relationship. Well, definitely. And I feel like if you have to start paying attention and clocking it, it's because somebody's not holding up their end of the bargain. So, yeah. I think that every relationship needs to have 
the reciprocation of that. No, definitely. Like, for sure. Whether that's man, woman, like, it don't, yeah. it, every relationship needs to have the reciprocation for of real. energy, you know? And it's like, if, if I, even from the standpoint of like, if I share good news with you, I expect you, I want you to be happy because I'm not sharing Facts. you that good news. Cause, just, yeah, because you, you care about me, you care about me, that's why I'm sharing it with you. Facts. Exactly. And I, and I, you know, in, as a, as a, in return, if you tell me something good, I'm going to, Exactly, and I'm not gonna what fake you're supposed it. To do. That's what that's what you're supposed to do as friends, bro. You're supposed to feel happy for each other and motivate each other and push each other to to overall greatness. But everybody don't think like that. I don't know who raised these people, bro. I mean, I think that um, I think being at Howard, we definitely might see that like a little more just yeah. from just the people who come here usually come from. I want to say usually a lot of them come from like backgrounds to where that you just kind of are. You you need to yeah. use this place as a stepping stone. Yeah, kind of just. Get get into this office, not really care about the people, just use it as a, like a resume builder. Which is my problem with a lot of people who who who, who, uh, who join and and have positions. Get to shirt wearers, hmm? shirt wearers, <laughs> bro, bro. Like I think that um, that's the thing too. People having I don't know. Me personally, I've never wanted to do like if I join something because I genuinely want to do it. And I'm putting the work once I'm in it versus just like having all all of this stuff on my resume and I didn't do anything. Last time I said to that now, upon because she's a well, she'll be a junior this next school year. Mm-hmm. But I'll be telling her, I'm like, when you like figure out your extracurriculars and stuff and what you want to do outside of school, you can join stuff. You can join every club if you wanted to, which is insane. But like, obviously, hypothetically speaking, you could join a bunch of things. And it's like the person who joined, let's say, two to three things and they were president, one vice president, treasurer, other, they're going to have a strong application to you because it's like they got in there and got stuff done yeah. versus just like trying to be everywhere. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, y'all can join all this stuff, but like, What's the impact you're having? Like, are you seeking leadership positions? Because you can be in every org just as a general bystander, but it's like, did you lead? Did you change anything? Did you help overcome this? So, what was your impact? Right. You know, I think that's we get that's so, what it comes down to. We get so caught up in titles, and I think that um, this could go for different schools, but especially especially at Howard, if if people actually honed in on the role that they have and the Facts. specific change that they can make in that role, there will be a lot more. There will be a lot Literally. more things that are different here. And that's why I feel like our class specifically, like student leadership across the board, I feel like we did a great job of giving a new perspective or new depiction of what student leadership really was. I feel like we really got stuff done. Like, yes, we had the titles, but I don't feel like we were title words. Like, across the board, like Iman was SOB, Bro. Jordan and Erica Annabelle, me and Seth, just like everybody was actually doing stuff and they were out there, like, showing that they were doing stuff. You know, because like sometimes people will get stuff and you never see them. Bro. And it's like you don't show up for us. It's just like, oh, you won. It's cool. And it's like you put your stuff for him. But it's like, no. But I just like it's really fulfilling and like uh, fulfilling when it's like I know I'm doing the work and I'm showing up. So it's just like I know that the people appreciate me. Most definitely. And I feel like bro. we really made that a duty of ours to like show up for the people like, and, and do what we said we were gonna do. That's that's what it's about. And I think you saying mine like I'm like he's he's coming over tomorrow to uh, oh, we, do a podcast and like he. With, with, no, like he did he with SOB, he actually crazy. put in a work, actually really put SOB on his back, on his back, bro, and actually like he he made it better, bro. Facts. He made the whole the whole school better, and that's somebody who I really respect just for the overall just just being a man of action. And I feel like that's important because going back to the whole idea, we're saying like everything you do is bigger than you. Who knows, like a freshman in BO that's like, oh my god, like I want to be president. Like you inspire me. It's like that's why you really have to. But put your responsibilities to the best you can because it literally can make or break somebody else's future. Yeah, and I don't feel like people think like that. They don't. The thing is, Amon he didn't even run. Like, like 
he ran, but mm-hmm. he, he he ran unopposed like nobody else ran. Right. And it's like when you're in that position, you don't have to really. You don't have to try. You don't like, have to try. Regardless, and I just did. mind. I already did it. But not only yeah. did he get that role, he he assumed responsibility. Of he executed. The role. He the role. executed. That's what the thing. Great. Execution. Yeah. Execution, bro. And I think that's that's what separates those who who make it versus those who don't, bro. Facts. Execution. I think. Um, follow through. Following through, having a plan. That's something that I I have tried to improve in my life because. I've had like a lot of big ideas and stuff like that, but it hasn't always been uh, followed up. It, ha- it hasn't always been preluded with a with a solid plan. Me too, bro. And like as a creative, that's like my thing is I have all these ideas. I want to do this, and me being so in my head leads to a failure to launch. And it's I feel like I'd be so focused on doing it the right way and it has to look like this, and it's I end up not having anything. I'm so focused on what's going to look like, and I'm really trying to step into this area where I'm like, if you have an idea. Do what you can to execute it and just do it. Exactly. Like, don't harp on the idea. For, don't sit on the idea for too long. Like, you literally just have to put it out there. Bro, literally, bro. And it kind of makes me want to ask, uh, like, you a question about your, your creative endeavors. Mm-hmm. What do you think that being... I, I've seen a lot of your work on Instagram. I think, of, like, your, your grab pictures, that, that, that's no, just thanks, dope, bro. Thanks. That was hard, bro. That was hard. Thanks. Um, what do you think kind of... How do you... I asked um, Ahmad this uh, when I got him on. What kind of motivates you I don't know what, where do you get inspiration for your creativity from everything music movies I might be driving and I see a billboard or a picture I feel like I pull inspiration from other works of art and figure out what I like about it and what I would change if I was to do it mm. so for example it's like because people always talk about copying I'm like it's not a bad idea I mean not a bad idea it's not bad to be inspired by someone's work but when you copy it verbatim that's when it's a problem Yeah. so it's like for example like if I'm like I like this picture. I don't know who did this picture, but I'm like, I want to. If I was an artist, I want to paint something like it. I'll pull the elements that I like from it. But like, if I was to do this, what would I ask to make it different? Right. So, for example, I, one of the graphics I did, it was like these vintage Howard pictures of um, like students, then like black and white. And I'm like, who's created pictures that are gonna serve as a stamp in time like these do back then? Like, who's gonna, for example, I'm the person looking at these old pictures now. 10, 15 years from now, some of these pictures that I'm about to take can serve for that person what these serve for me. So just thinking about stuff like that, like recreating stuff. Um, I really feel like I pull inspiration from everywhere. And I feel like if I think it's going to look good, I just trust my gut feeling, my instinct. Your gut feeling, your instinct. That's really where it comes from, bro. Yeah, it's like, it like, goes back to that idea. Like, if you have an idea, bro, do it. Me sitting on Founders, I was like, bro, I want to sit on Founders. I could have asked everybody, I'm like, no, that's corny, that's corny, don't do that. But I'm like, this is what I want to do, so I'm going to do it. Bro, and that's, and that's the thing, bro. It's like, you got to trust yourself. You got to trust yourself, and it's like, I think that like trusting yourself and remaining authentic to who you are because it's very easy to mm-hmm. like not not do it just because everybody else is like, right. everybody else is doing whatever their right. pictures are and you know right. it's it's hard to be different. It is, it's and also I feel, yeah, because it's always gonna be backlash. Somebody's gonna say like, "Oh, you did too much," or "You did that," and it's like not my sense. Somebody's saying that they're mad they didn't think of it. And I feel like also the other thing for me, I always ask myself is like, how can I be the differentiator? Because if we being real, everything is oversaturated. Everybody's done something before. Everybody has that business. I may not have a business idea already. You're going to tweak it a little bit, but it's like, how do you differentiate yourself? And I feel like that's really what I focus on when I go into creating. Like, how do I make this stand out? And I feel like, honestly, like, if it goes back to just being genuine and being a good person, I feel like when you've built a good rapport with people, people are going to flock to anything you do. Mm-hmm. You can open a food truck, and it's like if people like you, they're gonna be in line with it, the food truck. Right? Or you like, I want to start a sock a sock line, like just cool sock. Like people are gonna purchase stuff that you create 
because they have an attachment to you as a person. I feel like that's why it's so important to be a good person. That's that's really where you start to. That's where you build your like. That's what that's the brand before the brand even comes. Like that's the brand, bro. Facts, and I think I I know it's like a lot of rappers who I like. They I don't know if if, if you heard of Larry June before, but mm-hmm. he something that a reason why he's really grown a lot is because he's utilized his personality and the things that yeah, that he like likes his, to do like, like that he likes to do and his catchphrases things that he's saying in real life but he got his fans saying now uh, it's like when when you're authentic people are going to flock to that the people see that you being and I feel like I don't so, know like I feel like growing up it's always like you, like people go through identity crisis it's like you're in school it's like I want to fit in like these are new shoes like mm-hmm. but at a certain point you have to realize that nobody can do what you can do nobody can think how you're going to think Nobody's gonna wear this shirt how you will wear this shirt. Nobody's gonna like we're literally individuals for a reason. So it's like the moment you overcome the idea of trying to be like the next person, you will go so far. Most definitely, bro. And I think that we we kind of get away from our individuality yeah. a lot of the time, bro. Like things that we actually like to do. I know for I can I can't speak for myself, but for mm-hmm. other people who kind of enter careers that they don't mm-hmm. really like to do, they just in it for, for the bread. I always feel like people like that. If there's no passion behind what you're doing, bro, it's not gonna be there. There won't be success that follows it. About. It's funny you bring that up. That's what my senior thesis film was about. Mm. I'm probably well, I'm supposed to debut it like first or second week of June, so I'm working on that throughout the rest of this week and next week. But it was titled "My Turn," and it basically tells the story of um, a third year college student. His name is James, and he's in school. His parents, he's like a third year Howard student. His parents are all doctors in the med field, and it's like he's here and. His heart is not aligning with biology, chemistry, his pre track, that, and so bro. I don't want to do this. So I've been keeping my family happy, and I've literally seen that be people's story just from bro. my experience at Howard, and it just made me so grateful that that wasn't my story. Because, like, my family, like, there's really people whose families are like, no, you're not going to school out of state. I'm not paying for that. Apply for this, the schools in state. Or it's like, you're not studying that. That don't make no money. Like, this is really what people go through. So I really wanted to, like, make it. And this goes back to where I say everybody plays a role. So like, I'm a film major, and it's like, so in this film, I can tell a message. So the message basically was like, you have one life, bro, lit for you. You don't want to do that. Like, don't do it. Like, people are going to be upset. You may disappoint some people, have some conflict, family, friends, whatever, but they're going to get over it. You got one life, bro. And if they don't, they will never root for you for real. And it's like, if you're not happy, it's like, what are you doing it for? Facts, bro. Like, it's your life to live. And I'm glad I realized that early on. And I find my mom says that a lot just to remind me of, like, like do what makes you happy. And I really appreciate that. Bro, I was about to say the same thing. Like, my mom has always yeah, she's pushed like, me to do what I want to do. Do what you want to do. And I think that's really, that's what makes or breaks people, bro. Just, it does. You know, parenting. Um, like, how much our parents influence us to want to reach our dreams or goals mm-hmm. and we actually see ourselves doing. When you look at great people, like somebody like Kanye, like, right. his mom was so inspirational, was. so influential. And she supported she, him. She supported him, bro. I think that sometimes parents don't understand just the the, the small aspect or in, in our case big aspect that like mm-hmm. support plays it does. in your life and your It's like you don't forget that stuff. You don't, bro. You remember all of that. Because like my mom has told me and my sister like our whole lives, like do do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Do what makes you happy because this is what I've learned on through my own experience. You you can't be the best at something if you don't have a passion in it. So, so you can go into that field or whatever, and, yeah. and, and, and you can be mediocre. It's like, be, just it's like if body. I don't want to do it, why am I striving to be great at it? So that's what it's like. If you're passionate about it, it's like, why not be the best? Exactly. Why not take it up a notch? So that's facts. You know, you, you, but you're going to put in that extra work in your field or craft or whatever. No, if it's you, nothing, because it's not going to feel like work. It don't feel like work, bro. Like, for me, 
I don't know what I want to do specifically after, but I'm, I'm in a program to where I'm on a, a path to get a doctorate degree. Right. And when I read all the time, I love to do this shit, bro. I love to, to take notes in my books and everything. Facts. And it's it never feels like I'm working hard, bro. Right. It feels like I'm I'm on the path. I'm on my purpose, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm on my purpose to help and yeah, helping my people. Like, he's giving people the knowledge that they need, you know, like like my podcast. Education is power. Education is power, bro. Like, that's really one of the biggest things and things that drive me on my platform, bro, is being able to um, give give the game like we give it now to people who, may not, who may not be around people like this. Who, who These are conversations thinking. are important. Right. They're, they're important, bro. I think that your environment is so important. And the company you keep, definitely. Like, the, the company you like, can, it can inspire or bring you down. I feel like the past, really like all of senior year, honestly, I've been saying like, the older I get, the older I get. And I say it like I'm 40, but I feel like I've really been on this self-advocacy journey. And it's like, if I want to do this or be this, I have to be intentional about doing it. So I've been trying to be, well, not even trying, I've been more intentional about what I listen to, what I'm showing myself, like what I have like really making sure that I'm doing what's best for me, you know, and this is going to affect me in the long run. So bro. music, media, books, all that. You are what I'm you consume. To be intentional. Facts. You are what you consume, bro. That's one of the biggest things that I've learned in my life. That's why for me, I try to delete Instagram as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Just from the standpoint of like, it doesn't really serve as much of a purpose for me to, to just be scrolling all day. Right. When I could be working on whatever I need to be working on, right. that's going to advance me in my life. Right. And I think that sometimes we get caught up in the trap of just scrolling on all the social media yeah. apps to where we, we focus on everybody but ourselves. Right. I was saying to my homie, it's like, I, um, sometimes when I read, I'll turn my phone off for, for a few hours. And even when I'm done reading, I'll keep it off. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, I damn near be more on track to, to, to start doing other things that I, that right. I kind of, was it? It's like, bro, you get a notification, it. you'll start, you'll go check the notification, then you look up, it's been two hours on Instagram. Bro. And it's like, but you said you wanted to start this. You said you was going to read this. You said you was going to order, like, stuff you could have done. So, I got to check myself on that, too. Right. It's easy to do. It's it's easy, and that's why people TikTok do it. TikTok, too, easy. it's like, but it is a waste of time. Or it's like being more disciplined, giving yourself a limit. Like, okay, this is my realization time. I'm either going to watch a movie. Or I'm gonna do this for an hour. But when I when the hour's up, I gotta do what I gotta do. I gotta do work, bro. And I think that's um, I think that type of mindset can only be cultivated when you when you give yourself true solitude, Facts. like true time to yourself. Like I know for you, probably when when you're thinking of stuff and just think thinking of things to create, it, I know it probably happens when you're by yourself. Yeah, definitely. I get. Happy. I'll be in the shower. I'll be driving. I'll be like, wait. Let me write this down. Bro, it's crazy how ideas <laughs> right, are Bro, I'll have a dream and wake up and be like, where's my phone? I gotta put this in my notes. Yeah. Yeah. That's really how it would be for me too. When I think of something, I'll be like, all right, I need to write this down. Facts. It, it's it's not really an idea until it actually comes out, you know, until it actually is written tangibly somewhere. Really? It acts like, until then, it's just a thought in your head. It's a wave that, that goes away and it might not come back, you know? So, with that, I think that's the importance of environment and what you consume bro because and I think the thing is, that excites me now just going back to the whole like where you pull ideas from mm-hmm. it's like I honestly feel like no idea that I have or come up with at this point in my life is too big because of the people that I know it's like I know somebody that can do graphic design I know somebody that can take, they can take the pictures I know somebody that can write it out I know somebody that's a PR major I know somebody in policy so like we know people in all these spaces where it's like we have what we need to do what we want to do we have what we need. And that's what I'm excited about in this next chapter, if I'm being honest. 
I'm I'm really excited for it, bro. Just to see what everybody does. Yes, like what you said earlier about we have connections from everybody. And it's like it shouldn't be a competition thing. Like we literally gotta lean on each other where we see fit. That's what you're supposed to do. Like my aunt, she was even the analogy of like LeBron when he made it, it's like he hired his friends. And it's like, bro, he could have did uh um put out applications, been like, Oh, I need a publicist. He could get anybody. I need a secretary, I need an assistant. It's like, no, I'm finna put my friends on, we finna eat together. So yeah. Put that's the type of time on. I'm on. I think um, sometimes all it takes is just the right opportunity Facts. for somebody to become great. You know, mm-hmm. some people might not have been in an environment to mm-hmm. where they could have been exposed to the opportunity. That and it's like had. I also feel like with me being Mr. Howard, this is why I was I was really I don't say I humble myself, but I really just tried to like not let it go to my head. I feel like I did a really good job of that because I feel like people get certain things and it goes to their head and it's just like now you're a horrible person. Nobody likes you. Right. So my thing too is just like remaining humble and seeing how I can like propel other people with the access options that I have now. Cause I feel like it's, that's really important to do because also I feel like people, everybody wants to be like the top person or I want the crown. I want Sasha. I want to be in the spotlight, but it's like nine times out of 10, the people behind the scenes that you never see are equally as important. Like the person that you see in the spotlight all the time wouldn't be able to walk into the spotlight. If the 10 people backstage didn't get them right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like everybody's equally important. I feel like people don't really realize that. And that's how I was just like, Rashawn, don't let this go to your head. Because, like, everybody's important. Exactly, bro. I think that's um, that's. I'm glad you did that, bro. Just the importance of staying humble, bro. Yeah. Like, you know. Bro, we would be in line at parties. These niggas were kind of like, bro, let's get your Mr. Howard. I'm like, y'all, we got here late. We're going to wait in line like everybody else. Like, or we'll be in a cafe. They're like, bro, if you don't go to the front of the line, I'm like, bro, I'm not skipping them. Like, I'm going to wait. Like, and get my food. Just little things like that. So. I mean that's that's the whole point of your platform and what you yeah, it's like, being a man of the people. Literally. So yeah. You know, you, you can't you know, you gotta be a man of the yeah, people. Yeah, no regrets. Bro. No regrets, bro. Like I think that's that's really cool how you was Mr. Howard, but I can't no, we, I somebody's telling me they was, I was with my friend Genesis, we were going uh, to our other friend's house and she was like, you know, that's really crazy. Like you're you'll forever be one of the Mr. Howards. And I'm like, Wow, yeah. like when I read the um forty six. Literally, when I read the um Commencement thing, it was like Biden's 46. I was like, wow, it's 46 presidents, and it's only 46 Mr. Howards. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's kind of crazy. So Yeah, bro. Um, that's, that's so Down cool. in history. I'm grateful for the experience. Down in history, bro. What do you think is the biggest thing that you kind of took away from being Mr. Howard? Um, like, well, what was like a really memorable experience that, that you got experience? because cause you were Mr. Howard? I feel like the power that we have as individuals and our stories. I feel like one of my, like, yes, the games were cool, getting the homecoming to Mr. Free, but, like, my favorite experiences were talking to, like, younger kids. Like, mm. um, like I remember I was in this thing in high school called the Black Man Lab, and so when I went home over break, I got to talk to them. So that was really big for me because I feel like, my dad, okay, I'm gonna get personal. My dad, he was he was in my life, but I would say the term I'll use is like present absent. Like yeah. I'm not gonna say he wasn't there, but he wasn't like there all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like I did have other male figures in my life that really like impacted me a lot. So I feel like that's why I moved and pushed to want to do the same. So like going and talking to them or like just really telling them like you can literally do anything you want to do. Like don't limit yourself. Like if you start making the right decisions now, it's gonna pay off in the long run. So I feel like those experiences and really seeing because seeing that. They're listening and care about what I have to say. Those were the most like moving and impactful experiences for me because like my yeah. word actually matters. So like, I can talk to my peers all day, but it's like 
at a certain point, you're not going to, not that we can't change our ways out of the age we are, like, but these kids are still in this malleable stage where it's like, I may say something that can, like, come across their mind later and they might make a bad decision or, like, mm-hmm. maybe something I can say now is like, dang, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can go to college. So, those are probably my favorite experiences. And the takeaway would probably just be that, um, everybody's story is important. Like, just because I had a position, yes, I was in space to talk to them, but anybody can talk to somebody. Anybody can, bro. Anybody so, yeah. can. I think that's um, something that we always got to remember, bro. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, a lot of our stories are valuable, bro. And I think... Literally. So, like, were you, being Mr. Howard, were you able to be in a position where you could, like, go to, like, different, like, middle schools and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, so, um, Mr. Miss School of Education, they did a HBCU college tour mm-hmm. over, what was this? I think it was the beginning of winter break. So we went to like maybe four or five middle high schools in the DMV area. Brought like Greek D9 with us, with them. We were the world core representatives, a few different orgs, just to like give them a taste of college. So definitely, I feel like that was my favorite thing. That's why as a kid, that's cool. And I'm really big on like, you can't, sometimes you can't be what you can't see. Like there are people who literally like, family members never gone to college. Everybody works like maybe a, a common job, which is nothing wrong with, but it's like you have to see more to know that you can do more. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's that was my biggest responsibility was like get into these spaces and show them that your current situation is not your final destination. Like this is what you're yeah. faced with right now, but like this doesn't have to be the story for the rest of your life. Like you yeah. can change this, you can break generational curses. So I feel like that was really what I enjoyed doing. I think um, I agree with that a lot, especially with like with like black kids, bro. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I talk to like a lot of black boys, like young black boys that think the only career path yeah. out there is like being a basketball player right. or a football player. It's the simplest thing somebody doing and telling you that you can do it. And also yeah. like lending a hand to help them. I feel like that's the thing too like that I really want to do and stay true to like when you make it bro you're never too good to help somebody because it's Ever. like you literally burned this position however many years ago. Like you had to work to get here so it's like why not help the next person or create a pipeline so there's more like you. Like I feel like that's something that I really look forward to doing wherever I go career wise. I just feel like there's opportunities with certain known black household names where it's like I'm not like clocking your paper like what you're doing but your philanthropic endeavors could cater to your demographic a lot more and I feel like that's something that I definitely want to do yeah yeah just being able to actually give back because like once you have the platform bro you can do anything and it's like why not be impactful why not be impactful why not actually make a tangible change in these people's lives bro like representation is so important it is it's really important and I never understood why um I'm not gonna say I never understood, but I didn't really understand the importance of like seeing like black characters on the screen as much as I do right. now. Yeah. Just from the standpoint of like, if those kids see that somebody who looks like them is there, it makes it feel real. Because mm-hmm. you guys have to think like other like white people, like white people, like white children who come from like successful backgrounds, mm-hmm. their fathers or whatever or their mothers. Fortune five hundred company. Like, fortune like it's mm-hmm. getting passed down. You got a house in your name, like. Already, it's nothing. It's a norm. And at least it's a norm. So, so because it's a norm for you, for, so just because it's a norm in your life, you feel like it's normal for you. Like you going right. easily. It's how and you I feel. also feel like on the same sentiment of like showing them it's possible. It's also showing them that um, like you deserve it. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like we will see things and know that it's attainable. Then we get there. We have this whole imposter syndrome. It's like no, you earn this and you deserve to be in this space. Like if I've done it, you can do it too. I feel like that's another thing that we struggle with is like individuals it's like dang I got the job but like I don't feel right here it's like no own it walk into the room sit at the table like everybody else like you're here for a reason exactly I think um, imposter syndrome definitely hits like a lot of, a it lot does. of black people you know it does I think just from the standpoint of like we're, we've always kind of been it's made it seem like we we don't deserve something right you know but 
like you said, you gotta you you gotta fight that. You, you yeah, gotta understand that, that like you hear from like, I always think like there's somebody coming after me. Like you may be the first, but you won't be the last. Yeah. So it's like make pave the way. Pave the way, you know, inspire you here for a reason. Like make that impact, bro. Literally. I think that's one of the biggest things, bro. Exactly. Just being intentional, authentic and making an impact in the lives of others, bro. Because yeah. for people like us, like we're very grateful to have gone through school like ours, bro. Like we're so grateful to be in this environment, bro. It's something that I And it's I, just like it would be selfish yeah. of us to like not sure we've learned or the experiences. That's why like you doing this podcast is a big deal. It's like you don't know every single viewer, but it's like somebody may listen and be like, dang, like this is real. Like these type of people I want to be around. So it's just like I commend you too because it's just like this is dope. I appreciate that, bro. Thanks. Just I I really at first when I first started the when me and Michael first started the podcast, mm-hmm. like we we didn't know what it would become. Right. Now just me growing into who I am today, like mm-hmm. the purpose that I have with the events and this platform is just like Definitely. it's 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 real, bro, and it's authentic, bro, and that's really what I try to what I try to be. I try to just just be just be somebody that people Thanks. can look at me like, okay, he's being himself. I can be myself guy. too. Definitely. You know, and I and I, I appreciate real. you coming on, bro. Of you course, know? I enjoyed this. It was fun because I really yeah. I, I know you had a lot to say, bro. And you had a lot more to say than I, than I even thought, bro. Oh, which is perfect, yeah. bro. Like, I, I always like getting people on who really, um, just, just, my mind has definitely speak. been stimulated today, which I appreciate. Hey, man. When you talk to me, it's going to be stimulated. It's summer, bro. These days of immersion. Bro. I need to pick up a book. Hey, man. That's what I'm about to do. It's a lot. It's a lot of books out there that you can read. It is. I got a bunch that I haven't had time to read, so I'm looking forward to that. Like what? Hold on. I just got a new book. I might unseat it to me. I know there was this Jay Z book that I was reading. It's like how you went from corner corner street to corner office. Then there's a um, I was reading um, I wouldn't the devil. Oh my bro! I was literally when I was thinking of books to recommend. I was about to, I was thinking of that one. I need to finish it though. How so far are you? That's on my um. Not gonna lie, bro. If I'm be honest, I started it and I got pretty far, but it's been such a like I just had so much stuff going on. Like it's been such a gap of time. I just want to start over. Because what I was doing was I would read it. And then I would listen to the audio book. So, mm-hmm. like, really. But it was taking me longer. But I was liking because I had a valid understanding of what was being said. But I definitely yeah. want to finish that book. Yeah. And I'm going to do that this summer. Yeah, so, bro. I got to add my bookshelf in there, bro. Yeah. Like, that, I read that last summer. That book really changed my life, bro. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Just understanding the importance of how how doubt can creep into our heads. No, and literally. And, and I'm, like, I need to, I'm like, I need to read that for this next chapter. And I really want to read it before senior year. But I'm like, in due time. Like, I'm going to finish it this summer, though. So. In due time, bro. Facts. I'm gonna read it. Do that, bro. That that book really it changed. Yeah, like as far as like I was just like, yo, like it just made sense of everything that you thought didn't make sense. Yes. Like, I don't yes. know how to describe it, but like I feel like that's a valid explanation if you read the book. Like that that's a book that I recommend to everybody. Just um Yeah. Like and it's funny when people first hear it, they they think it's oh, like, like, like like devil yeah, what yeah, like, the devil is like nah. for for people who don't know, like the book is about Overcoming self doubt. In this case, yeah. the, the devil is is self doubt. Right. How do you outwit your self doubt in order to achieve your dreams? Fact. And everything that gets in the way of you achieving your dreams too. Outside of doubt, because they really that's a great book. Actually, I need to go finish it, bro. Because I mean, bro, like we were saying, the biggest thing that really hurts people is fear, bro. Yeah. Like fear, like I'm like, bro. If I wasn't back. scared or like in my head, who knows what I could like? Granted, I feel like I've done a lot, but it's like, where would I be now? Like, there's been times like. Let's say I had to go into a room. Like I'm going to an event that I'm dreading going to. 
I'm like walking circles. It's just like, okay, I'm not ready. I'm walking around like yeah. acting like I'm on my phone. It's like, bro, just go in the room. Like, just, just go, go in. in there. Just go in. Just go in there. So yeah. And once you do it, you realize, okay, it wasn't exactly. that, it wasn't as stressful as I thought like, it would be. Facts. So, like, that's yeah, real, bro. Like, can't stress. I I know for me, reading changed my life, bro. Just there's so many different. Like, I love that. I need to find some books. Well, I got some, but I just need to read them. I, bro, I always say, bro, everybody. It's not that people don't like to read. People just don't know what they like to read. Right. And I feel like, because I used to be like, I don't like reading. But I'm like, I don't not like reading. I just feel like I was reading the wrong stuff. Yeah. Like, if it's something, like, what are the books I have? I have, have you read $40 Million Slave? No, I haven't. I have that book. 40, I have. $40 Million Slave? Mm-hmm. I've heard of that book. What is the other book? What is, is The Color of Something. The, the Color is, of Law? The Color of Law. I have yeah, that I, book. I, I read I that book. I read that. I read it this What is the other book? I have, like, I have a bunch of books. I just haven't had time to read them. And I'm like, that can't be an excuse no more, so. I'm taking advantage of my time this summer and read some books. Just go to my roof and read. Turn my phone off. Take a page out of your book. Hey, bro. That I was a bar. Bro, I'm telling you. <laughs> that's a bar. Take a page out I, of your book. I just I just think it's about being intentional. Facts. Um, definitely with your time. When it comes so, to reading, yeah. just being intentional with your time. Just making sure you, you focus. We're not 40, but we getting older. If we don't make the habits now, it ain't going to happen. Uh, bro, so. I mean, like you got you to gotta start the habits at some point, Facts. bro. You know, but... Yeah, man, I appreciate you getting on. Of course, on, I appreciate you Great episode. Yes. Appreciate y'all tuning in. And yes. as, as we always say, as long as y'all show love, we'll stay consistent. Black Love is out.